This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Joyful Courage, a conscious parenting podcast where we tease apart the challenges and nuances of parenting through the adolescent years. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and adolescent lead at Sproutable, where we celebrate not only the growth of children, but also the journey and evolution that we all get to go through as parents. This is a place where we keep it real. Real stories, real parenting. The teen years are real messy and there aren't many right answers. But the more we trust ourselves and trust our teens, the better the outcomes can be. The parenting we talk about over here is relationship-centered. You won't find a lot of talk about punishment, consequences, or rewards. What you will hear is a lot of encouragement about connection, curiosity, and life skill development. Our teens are on their own journey, and while we get to walk next to them for a bit, we don't get to walk for them. Their work is to learn from the tension of their life. Our work is to support them and love them along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Hi, listeners. You are in for a treat today. My guest is Esther Getz. She is an author, a space holder, a mom, and a wife. Esther writes to restore hope for the sacred space where hearts and homes meet. Her latest endeavor has been to help moms of bigs give their kids the roots of unconditional love and the wings of freedom to be completely themselves. I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast, Esther. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. This is so fun. So fun. And I'm just so honored to share you with my listeners. You run the Moms of Bigs page on Instagram, and that's where I first interacted with you because I just started seeing the things you were posting, and I was like, oh my gosh, is this lady in my head? What's (laughs) happening here? This is also relatable. You post things and write things that speak directly to my heart and my experience of parenting teenagers, and I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. It's so great. I know I had somebody yesterday said that to me. They DM'd me and they were like, are you in my head? 
(laughs) No, we're just, we all have the same heads. That's three. Yeah. We're in a shared experience. (laughs) We're in a shared experience. That's right. Will you tell me a little bit about what moved you to create that space? And I mean, it's a big space. You've got a large audience and a lot of people, you tell the story. It seems like what you had to say really resonated in a big way. Well, I think back to why did I create the space? And really the reality is, is I need the space. I need it. And I especially needed it when my kids were teenagers. I had two women that were a little bit older than me that really helped me through that process. But I call them the underground years when we all go underground because we're concerned about our kids' privacy. We have bigger issues now. They can't be solved at the bus stop and all that stuff. And I really needed, I needed people to come alongside of me. And when I looked around out there, there really wasn't. There's things, there's plenty of stuff like how to get your kid into college, all that practical stuff. But when it comes to the emotional stuff for moms and how do we navigate our emotions through it, I wasn't finding much at all. So that's really where I lean. I wanted to create a space for other people. And everybody needs a mom. Like I say, everyone needs a mom to cheer them on, sit in their yuck and a safe space for them to be themselves. And so in one way, I'm a mom to the moms of bigs. <laughs> mm. I love that. And you are so spot on. And it's funny how what you said, like how to get your kids into college or, you know, safety around driving. Like there's practical things. And those people show up in my inbox, right? Like, hey, my client is this person. They'd love to come talk about this thing on your podcast. And I'm like, you know what? I know my community, when they show up in our Facebook group or in my social media spaces, they're not asking those questions. They are like, I'm struggling with the choices my kids are making. I'm scared for what's happening. Or, you know, I'm having a hard time letting go of control, knowing that they need room and There's so much information for parents of littles and like school-age kids and parents of teenagers, I feel like in a lot of ways get left behind. And I'm wondering, speaking to somebody else who kind of is in the work of the mess of the teen years, I feel like, you know, now that I'm really niched into parents of teens, I do see my people, like there are a few more other people that are having these conversations for sure. But I think it's a hard sell. Like it's way easier to say, you know, three tricks for getting your toddler to finish their dinner. You know, that's like really cut and dry. Whether or not those tricks actually are useful is another podcast. But, you know, you can be pretty cut and dry and formulaic in your pitch, I think, when they're younger. And when they become teenagers, it's just so messy. It's so messy. Right. And so incredibly complicated. Like, yeah, there's no perfect answer. There's no one, two, three magic. No. And I think a lot of that is that your own emotions are in the middle of it. You are having a lot going on inside of you as they're doing the normal pulling away and fight for independence. And they're not as dependent on you. And I find that like when my people DM me and the people that are really struggling, like you said, I see that they want so much to have a healthy connection with their kids as they grow. Mm, And then you get to like that, oh, they want to be independent. They don't want to be with me anymore. And all those mom feelings that stir like guilt. What did I do wrong? What have I done wrong? And then worry because they're making choices that you think you could have control, but you actually don't unless you're tying them down. You don't have the same level of control anymore. 
And also, I think the grief that comes that no one talks about, there's a lot of crying just mm-hmm. over being hurt by what they've said or just the normal letting go. Oh my goodness, the years are coming to an end. They're going to be moving away. They're not going to be sleeping in their childhood bed anymore. And then I think one of the biggest things that I see is this, like I said, the idea of the underground, you feel like you're the only one. Everyone else, especially because of social media, looks like their kid is super successful. They're the captain of the lacrosse team. They're, you know, getting an award at the honor society and your kid is in their bedroom and isn't, hasn't come out for weeks or is stuck in the basement playing video games, or they don't have a friendship, you know, friends, or they've been, you know, bullied, whatever. You don't have that kid. And to be honest, everyone has that. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone has that because no kid, just like no mom is always up and to the right. That just is not humanity. <laughs> right, right, right. And really, we're seeing highlight reels, of right. course, right? right? And it's funny, you know, even as a parent educator, I was talking to another parent educator just this morning about this, you know, who has kids that are struggling through the teen years as, you know, my oldest had a nice solid three-year just, woo! I mean, she's been on my podcast to talk about it, so her story is out there. And I could list off like three or four authors, parent educators, personalities that I know and follow who it would be very easy to say, well, look at them. Clearly, they are perfect at practicing what they preach because their children are getting all the accolades and the family photo, everybody's smiling and poised and looks clean. Like even as a parent educator, it's easy to forget and to start to compare and What I was talking about with this other mom was, I think that the audience, meaning other parents of teens, are really hungry to hear the real story and to hear that even the people that they're looking up to or following or putting in these boxes of like, oh, you know what you're doing, right? To hear that it's hard. Yeah. And we make mistakes and it's like, we got to make it right. And I think it's actually super empowering to people. Yeah. And I would say too, I think that those are the people I want to be close to other ones who are struggling. Hey, everybody. Listen, I'm so excited to give you an update on Songfinch. Songfinch delivers. I shared last month that I was going to have them create an original song for Ian, my graduating senior. Well, the song is done and the process of co-creating it with the artist on Songfinch was so cool. I got to provide details and ideas and then the musician of my choice wrote up the lyrics, put it to the music that I picked and the results are so cool. I can't wait to surprise Ian with it. I will be sure to record it and share it with all of you. Songfinch is an innovative service that lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and it lasts forever. After moving through their process, you get the final results in four to seven days. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free so you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care. 
Start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. Go to songfinch.com slash joyful and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, which is a $50 value. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash joyful. Don't forget to share your song with us too. songfinch.com slash joyful. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. I can't be close to people who seem to have it all going on. I'm like, well, I can't relate to you because what if I share something that's awful? So I know in my space and probably why most moms can relate is because I have gotten major permission for my kids. They've just sort of given me blanket permission. And they're a little bit out of the teen years now, which is helpful on that front. But they're like, you can share your struggles, mom, and you can share ours. And that's what reality is. That Mm -hmm. is what people, most people are living through. They're not living through, you know, perfect kids doing perfect stuff. I wouldn't even, to be honest, I don't even think I would want that. I would wonder what's really going on underneath. Right. Like, are your kids able to be themselves if they're showing perfection to the world? I actually get more suspicious of the perfect people than I do of the messy. I just want to be with the messy people. Why not? I mean, it's so much more vulnerable and so much more connecting. Our hearts connect over the hard. They connect over the good stuff, sure. But most of the time they connect in shared pain and struggle, which is so great. I'm so happy for your space that's asking these questions. And yes, do we want our kids to grow and thrive? Absolutely. But we want them, and as my little mantra says, we want them to thrive as their complete selves which means their whole selves, which is their strengths and their struggles yeah, and their good stuff and their bad stuff. Like what all makes them humans? Because that is how we thrive as humanity. Your strengths are my struggles, my, you know, then we're much more community minded. Yeah. And I feel like those struggles, like I look at my 19 year old and I am in awe of the level of self-awareness that she has because of what she's been through. Like the way that she sees the world, the depth of her thought process. And I think about myself as a 19-year-old. I'm like, oh, my God. 
No, I was not stretching or flexing those muscles at all. I was like the opposite of self-aware, you know, I mean, doing my own thing and growing in the directions that I was growing. But, you know, there's something that you said, like, yeah, we want our kids to grow and thrive and actually growing and thriving requires like some tension, like to grow and thrive means that we're moving through something and flexing those muscles and practicing those tools and skills. And when everything's, you know, easy peasy, it's, you know, I could lift two pound weights all day long and not get any stronger. Right. Right. That's brilliant. I love that. I love that idea. In fact, my daughter who's visiting, she lives away and she's visiting. She said that to me yesterday. She's like, mom, we're just not going to grow unless we have some tough stuff. And she was talking about how through the pandemic, the people have become isolated. And she's like, I can have everything delivered to my apartment. I don't even need to go and like bump up against somebody in a store anymore and be like, oh. So she goes in one way. Yeah, it's great that I can have everything delivered to my apartment. But in another way, I'm not getting that constant like pushback from other people. And so maybe I'm stunting. And so I was so Mm -hmm. amazed, like you said, her self-awareness at 22, I'm like, what? At 22, yeah. I was, I don't even know what I was doing. I know what I was doing. It wasn't <laughs> self-awareness. Right, not self-awareness for sure. Well, and I think too, like I really like to hold that the human experience is the growth and thriving. There's no threshold, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. continuous. And I feel like even as our kids need that tension to continue to grow and thrive, as do we, you yes. know, and raising teenagers and everything that we have to let go of or that we're invited to let go of. Not everybody lets go of it, but there's an invitation there to let go and to grow and to be willing to learn new things and to see the world in a different way. And it's it's such a potent opportunity for us as parents if we choose to see it that way. Yeah. And some days I'm better at remembering that than others for sure, but it's an opportunity for us to grow too. And I think the harder the teen years are for on our end, you know, the more opportunity there is for us to continue to evolve. Yeah. And then we can be ever better for our grandkids, right? Isn't that the goal? Ever. Good goal. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so interesting that you talked about the letting go thing, because I think for me, even moving from the teen, the heavy duty teen years into the young adult space, that has been sort of the biggest surprise for me was actually the shifting was mostly done inside of me and not necessarily inside of them and all the expectations that I had for them and the letting go of those expectations has been huge. I know in my life, and it's like a constant letting go of what I thought their lives would look like versus what their lives actually look like. And that actually then entering into what their lives actually look like and not the expectation of, oh, I thought it was going to be like this, or I thought it was going to be like this. And then embracing all the diversity that comes with that. It's like, oh, you're not doing what I thought you would do when you were 15. And actually your sister is doing something completely different than what you're doing and to give them room. And that's sort of, again, my thing of like our long-term goal is that they would be completely themselves. And I say that to my kids all the time. The only gift you really have to give to the world is yourself. That's the gift that you have to give to the world. So we're going to fight with all our might for you to become that because what a beautiful gift that is. Mm. No one else, you know, and that's back to that old saying of like Dr. No one else can be you. There's no one you are than you. 
And I used to just sort of chant that at them when they were younger, but this is really where the rubber meets the road. We really want them to be themselves because then they give that as a gift to us and then we can be ourselves and then we can give that as a gift to them. And it, it does end up as a beautiful process. It's a messy, horrible process, especially during the teen years when they're trying on a million hats and you're like, dude, you're just a chameleon. You're becoming like yeah. all your friends with the jocks. You're such a jock. And with the nerds, you're a nerd and you're such a chameleon. Who are you really? But that's them just trying to figure it out. And that's okay. And just being like, oh, well, maybe you're trying it, all those things out in order to figure out what's not you. As I was listening to you talking about that, I was thinking to myself about some of the various looks that have come through the door at our house. And like remembering I wanted to be like, well, well, don't be too attached to that because that's probably going to change. But laughing because I should have been directing that to myself, not to them. Like, don't get too attached to this because everything's going to change. And I'm noticing in conversations lately, that's been a big piece of a place for with for me with parents to really roll around in is like, everything is always in flux, you know? And it's so easy, especially when things get hard to feel like it's hard and it's going to be hard forever. Or they don't want to spend time with me. They're never going to want to spend time with me. Or they hate me and they're always going to hate me. Like it's, you know, the head and the heart, right? Like the head can remember like, oh, wait, there's teen brain development happening right now. Like things are going to change. But the heart is just oh, aching for relationship and validation and evidence and feedback that everybody and everything's going to be okay. And sometimes that isn't available in the moment. No, especially when they've just slammed the door or they've gotten really quiet and thrown on their headphones or whatever they're doing to sort of go into a space where maybe they're just trying to regulate themselves and they don't, or they just need yeah. that long time or they are disconnecting appropriately from you. But man, mm-hmm. it's so hard. I do have a really funny story about my, about like, you know, all the weird things that kids try on. And I, my son, of course, during the college application process was when he decided to get a mohawk. Uh, because he was like the leader of the school spirit. Like he was the person that was the MC at the pep rallies. But so he got a Mohawk and then we're like at his scholarship interview. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's just not getting even into this college. Much less a scholarship. Was it spiked? It like was, I need it a was like a so, I mean, it wasn't that long, but it was a Mohawk. And thankfully he didn't like color it when we went in. And I was like, okay, Esther, you got to let it go let it go. This might not be the college room. If they don't want him and his mohawk, whatever, dude. But it was like the battle inside of me. He yeah. was fine, but it was the was battle fine. inside of me. <laughs> it was like, hey, and of course, I, I was like, okay, go get him wondering what the heck was going to happen in his interview. <laughs> and that's the school he went to. In the end of the day, I love it. that is the college he went to. And I guess they seen everything. So they didn't really care about his mohawk. <laughs> so- right. Well, and they're watching kids walking in the door at 18 and then walking out the door at 21 or whatever, close around that range. I think it's so interesting, too. I think we're pretty close in age. And so I remember the first time my daughter was like, well, I want to color my hair like blue. And I was thinking back to being her. I think she was like 10 or 11 at the time. And I'm like, oh, my God. There is no way this would have been, well, it wasn't a thing. I mean, it's more of a thing now than it's ever been, but it's just so interesting what has become normalized for 2022. And yet I'm still stuck in, 
what was normal in 1983, right? And like holding that up as my filter. And it's just, it's amazing. And probably that school was like blown away by your kid. Like, look at him. What fun, you know? Because he also brought his personality, which sounds like there was plenty of that to go around as well. He's fun. He's a fun person. (laughs) How old are your kids, Esther? They're all young adults, so like 20s now. So my youngest is 22. So it's so weird. I mean, it's just a weird. Do you have four? Yeah, four. Two girls and two boys. And the girls are on either end and the boys are in the middle. I bet it's fun. I mean, it's a lot of fun now. I am like surprised at the process. I happen to have my two youngest are with me now. We're on a little mini vacation and it's just fun. Of course, there's all like the memories and the crazy stuff and they just mock me still. And they're also very self-aware and I can just be myself. It's been really great. And they kind of have embraced the fact that I'm a human being and not just their mom, but I'm still their mom a hundred percent. It's great when you can talk to people who are listening and not slamming doors, and then they can mm-hmm. kind of call you out and your heart is much softer and not in such a take. Like that is one of the things I've learned is don't take anything personally. You know, and so my heart isn't in that space anymore. It's a little bit emotionally more healthy where, yeah, it's okay. They can kind of say anything that they want to me, but I can also say what I want back, but it's done with mutual respect, you know, Mm -hmm. and joking at the same time, you know, kind of like that where you're really so close that you can kind of joke and not joke. But yeah, I'm very grateful for them. They're all fantastic people. They are fantastic and so crazy different from each other. My brother's like, what are you, my big fat Greek wedding? Everyone is like the exact opposite, like the extreme of whoever they are. And I'm like, okay, well, good, good. Yeah, (laughs) fullest expression. So great. So good. What's been the most surprising? Because, you know, I'm thinking about my listeners that range anywhere from parents of tweens all the way to parents of older teens and maybe even some with young adults in their early 20s. But what have you noticed continues to be challenging? The most surprising thing for me has been how long and sort of arduous the process is of (laughs) untangling the physical space and the emotional space of your kids. Like just how to untangle your finances. Like my kids, we all have bank accounts that are still tied. And every time I open my bank account, I'm like, there they are. Now I know I still can see it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to know it. So the constant untangling physically, like a lot of crap is still in my house, you know, from these people and those kinds of things. But also the bigger and where I always kind of land is the emotional untangling, right? Mm. You think you have these teeny little babies who can't do anything apart from you. And that's a long, slow process to independence. And it's different for every child. So what might be okay for one kid is not okay for another kid. You know, my youngest And we talked about this in the car from the airport yesterday. Why was she so fiercely independent? Like, I don't need your help. I'm good. I'm 12. I got it. I can run a whole household without you. And she was fourth. I mean, I don't know what her issue was, except that she's a little bit like her mom. But we (laughs) kind of walked through what that was yesterday. Like, she just still struggles now today. Her personality is one that struggles with getting help. She -hmm. wants to be the helper but she doesn't want to get help. And so she sort of resisted any help I ever wanted to give her. Where my one son, the one with the mohawk, he welcomes help all the time, but he's just really good at that. He's always been really good at that. And he didn't need more help because he had severe ADHD. 
So because he had sort of a disability or special needs, or I'm not quite sure even what the proper term is because I'm so old. Wired. Differently yeah. wired. Thank you for that. Neurodiverse. Neurodiverse. See, you know all the stuff. I'm so old now. <laughs> what was okay like five years ago is not okay, which is fine. I'm learning and I need to continue mm-hmm. to learn, which is great. But I think like, wow. And he's able to get help everywhere. Like that's not mm-hmm. his issue. And yeah. so it is this like weird dance that you do of leaning into who they are as people and then knowing that it's going to be this long, slow process. And I say from going from dependent to completely dependent, and really what's healthy is interdependence. And we all know mm-hmm. this from say, where hmm, I depend on you at times and you depend on me at times. And sometimes you're helping me and sometimes I'm helping you. And that's really the space we want to move into. But I will say I had one other shocking thing, the amount of like grief. I'm very surprised at the amount of grieving that you go through all of the short, like all the tiny goodbyes along the way. Yeah, sure. There's hellos. And I love that. And I'm leaning into all the hellos, but it is this lifelong grief process. It Mm. just is. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That makes sense. I'm thinking about, so my son is just wrapping up his sophomore year. So he's got two more years and he's on a mission to go to college, not in the Pacific Northwest. So he'll (laughs) choose somewhere that's at least probably a plane ride away. And then I don't know if he'll come back here to make his life. And then my daughter, who's 19 and still at home and making her way, she has sworn that, well, I'm not going to still live here when Ian moves out. And we were like, you know, great. Looking forward to you stepping out into the world. And when I sit quietly and I think about them not being my constant, 
Mm-hmm. It is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It is heartbreaking. It is exciting to think about life in chapter three, you know, or whatever chapter it is post kids at home. But yeah, I imagine that there is quite the transition, like a really long transition of just getting used to that new normal of just not having them there. Cause I'm feeling like we had some really hard years and we've come out of those. And so now it's really good. Mostly right. it's really good. And it's almost like, damn, it would have been easier to say goodbye when you were a huge pain in my ass. Yes. Now, <laughs> now I'm really enjoying you. Exactly. Like, this is going to be hard. Yeah. My oldest wrote a poem called when tears are a good thing and I love it. And I refer to it. She read it at her college baccalaureate, which was the night before graduation. And it was about the college years, you know, that we're going to all be crying tomorrow because it's been so good. Right. And I think that that helps me. I just always remember her, which I love that learning from your own kids. Right. That's my favorite. My favorite part is how much I've learned from them. But I go back to that. I'm like, oh, I'm crying because I love so much. I love them so much. And that's inappropriate. It's tears are really a good thing. So the grief process a lot of times, and that's for heavy duty grief and little griefs, little teeny ones, like when your kid takes its first step, you're like, oh my gosh, look at them. They're walking. And when they wave goodbye on the bus stop, you're like, you know, in kindergarten and they're waving and you're like, oh, there goes my heart, you know? And that's a good thing. Yeah. Good. Well, I will say I was not a mom who got sad when my kids started school. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, thank God. (laughs) I know. And you think two and a half hours is going to give you so much time and you quickly realize like, oh my God, why didn't I sign up for a whole day? Yeah. Well, I know as well that you do some work with your husband supporting couples. And I'm wondering if I can ask you a little bit, you know, one of the things that the couples therapist told my husband and I when we went, just as my oldest was starting high school and things were getting a little dicey, she said, the most important thing you can do during the teen years is to nurture the relationship that the two of you have. And it's been really hard. We've had a variety of, well, pandemic, my husband had a cancer diagnosis, like there's been plenty the last four years. And I'm wondering, like, what can you share around just how to continue to nurture and grow relationships with our partners when things with the kids feel so heavy and hard? Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? We navigated some really, and probably will again in the future, some really, really rough seasons. And like you alluded Mm -hmm. to, my husband and I have done marriage mentoring for about 20 years and of engaged couples. So they're like on the new part, but. Oh, God bless them. I know. God bless them. We're 25 years in, I know, Esther. We're, so, we're uh... 30, so it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think one of the things and I remember my four kids, they were young, sitting around the table. They were little. And I think we were like going out on a date and they were like, what are you doing? And we were like, well, you know, you guys are not going to be here forever. So sorry, you're not long-term and I want this person (laughs) that's sitting across from me to be long-term. And so sorry, dudes, you guys are coming and going and I don't want this person to come and go. I want them to be here for the long haul. That was my dream and my vision. I know everybody doesn't have that same one, but that was our particular dream when we got married that we did really want to be those old people sitting next to each other, looking back at our lives, being like, oh, we did it and we did it together. When you asked the question, I was like, oh my goodness, that's the first thing that popped in my mind was telling that we would outlast our kids. So we better 
stay connected. So I think we definitely have made a very, very strong point of cultivating our relationship apart from them. But here's a weird key. We also have gone to counseling. Mm -hmm. When it got really difficult, like our son through his ADHD and because of his ADHD had some subsequent substance abuse issues Mm -hmm. in high school and especially not to scare everybody in college when all of Mm -hmm. the parental quote unquote controls, which I don't even like that word, were gone. And he was trying to regulate his own anxiety. You know, he ended up with some substance abuse stuff and man, it takes a toll. It's very scary. And then our daughter, our oldest daughter, I mean, she had it since she was little. She had, she had severe anxiety and OCD and all that stuff from when she was little. She has shared this story with me on my podcast at times. And so I'm not saying anything that I don't have permission to say, Mm -hmm. but wow. Yeah. Navigating those things. And then just the regular busyness where you're just always out doing stuff, doing stuff. And I know, I think the pandemic showed that a lot is when everything, all the distractions are taken away and you're just left with this person in your house. You're like, "Mm, I don't know if I like you anymore. I don't want to be with you. I mean, that was kind of a weird revealing, but it did reveal the stuff that was like maybe pushed down by distraction. So we would say, One big thing, and this came from my husband, which I'm a little bit of a control freak. And I worked really hard on that, knowing that it's my own fear. And one time I was like trying to coach him on how to be better. My husband. So I'm always like, you're so lucky you're married to a life coach. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I know. Coaching him on how to connect with our teens and cultivate, you know, a relationship with our kids. He literally sat me down and was like, I'm going to have my own relationship with them, good or bad. Let me have my own relationship with these people. And if I suck, I suck. And what we have found out, and I was like, whoa, you're right. (laughs) Whoa. All right. You're right. Because you don't do that to me, even though I'm such an expert. And I just really was struck by his wisdom there for good or bad. And when we look back, I'm like, oh my gosh. I struggled so much with my fear and substance and controlling. And he was like, well, I struggled with connection. And we're like, well, that's who we are mm-hmm. <laughs> just in our lives in general. He's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I'm more fearful. He's like the freedom guy. And we both had to navigate those things by ourselves. So yeah. I think realizing, and we have four kids, realizing that six times six is 36 relationships in the house. Mm-hmm. And all of those are going to either going to last or they're not going to last. I cannot make my son and my daughter be close. They're either going to be close because they have a relationship or they're not. Same with he and I, same with he and them, same with me and them. So yeah, it was actually letting everybody sort of be themselves, good and bad, really helped us. And we did learn that we didn't get a lot of help in counseling, but I think that's the very wise thing to do is get help when you need it. Yeah. Oh, I'm all for it. I'm all for the counseling for all the people. (laughs) I love that. And something that I keep hearing you say throughout our conversation, Esther, is, and I'm recognizing as a deep value of yours, is space for everyone to be themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just so beautiful and such a gift. I mean, you talked about it as the gift that we get to give each other, but really having a space where that's centered and valued. It definitely wasn't in my household no, growing up. And it for sure, I would say it's a value of mine as well. And I can also see little things, especially lately with a few things that have come up, where I'm definitely 
like squishing that space. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really powerful reminder. It's a really powerful reminder. And I love what you said about this is who I'm with for the long term. Something that I'll say to my kids is like, well, I picked your dad. Like, <laughs> I picked him. You guys, we just had to deal with whatever came, you know, like he's the one I picked. And they just roll their eyes and think that's so funny. That's so funny. A a friend of mine who's a mom of just a newborn, she was so nervous when she was like a week before her due date, she called me. First of all, she said, I'm really nervous that I'm not going to get sleep for a couple of weeks. And I just kept my mouth shut. I was like, (laughs) okay, yeah. But then she said like, I don't know this person. Like I got to pick my partner and I vetted him. And now like I don't get to vet this person. <laughs> so, it's so true. But I think the more that we are allowed, uh, I think maybe because it was so missing for me, mm-hmm. the more we are allowed to be ourselves and our kids are allowed to be themselves, the healthier the relationship because everyone yeah. feels safe. Yeah, I mean, it just is a safe space. And what do we really, really want to be known? And we do this in our marriage mentoring. We want to be known and we want to be loved. That's what we want. That's the core of who we are. And my job is not to make my kids into somebody. My job is to get to know who they actually are. And it's a lot easier to love somebody when you know them and all their quirks. Mm. It's just true. As we know people, it's hard to judge people when you get proximate to their struggles, when you hear their dreams. Even if they're like a jerk, a lot of times like people are jerks and then you like have a conversation, you really lean in. You're like, oh my gosh. Oh, all right. Okay. This is really who you are on the inside because maybe they haven't had a safe space to not be a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Oh my gosh. Esther, (laughs) I could talk to you. This happened last time we talked. I feel like, how much time do we book? Can we talk some some more? It's so lovely to get to connect again and to get to connect for my audience. So thank you so much for that. I ask all of my guests at the end of every show the same question, which is what does joyful courage mean to you? Mm, I love this. And I love the name of your podcast. That was probably what attracted me to you. It wasn't my really cute video in your direct messages. It was. You are very, very cute. I'm the extrovert in my marriage. (laughs) Clearly. I think we're living parallel lives when you were describing. I was like, oh, yeah, that tracks. But I love the name of your podcast. And I think it just, for me, it means that there is going to be very hard things in our lives and in our parenting that require our bravery. Mm. right? We are going to need courage. We are going to need bravery. But it also is a reminder to me that we can have hope because we have done really hard things all along. When we look back, we can go, oh my goodness, I had bravery here and I had courage here and all of that. And actually that's a question I ask myself every Sunday. I have like 10 questions I ask myself. And one of them is where did I show courage this week? Mm. And It kind of is like this, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional about it, but it's kind of this beautiful place where you do look at your own life and yourself and you say, wow, things have been really hard and I have been really courageous. And then I say the joy part, it's my middle name. Love it. (laughs) I love it. So I have thought about that word my whole entire life because I Mm. do really think that when we, this kind of intermix of joyful courage, that does bring me joy when I look about how courageous I have been kind of 
going through the tough years and the tough times. And it brings great joy to me. And there is so much just natural joy in parenting, as we all know, and in life. There's so much beauty. So I think Mm -hmm. those two words together do speak to like that intermingling, weird, kind of all-encompassing space of life, and especially the parenting, because we Mm -hmm. need both of those big time. Yeah, And we have both of those almost simultaneously. Just take people who are watching their kids walk down the graduation stage, Mm. that you have so much pride and so much joy. And you're like, whoa, I am going to need bravery to get through this day, through this summer, or whatever it means as they kind of exit our lives, whatever that means. We moved our son out this last weekend. And I say those very same words, how great is it that finally after the pandemic, he's finally moving out onto his own, making his own way. But man, I needed so much bravery to rent that truck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, oh, and to like wow. hug him goodbye in his own little look, cute new apartment. It's just like, yeah. like oh. so yeah, it's so telling of the mixedy mixed up feelings that we all have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Esther, you're so lovely. <laughs> I am so glad that I get to chat with you. Oh. Where can people find you and follow your work? So mostly where you found me is on Moms of Bigs. I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram under the exact same moniker of Moms of Bigs. And that's really a space that's designed for you, not me. This isn't the Esther show there. Mm -hmm. This is a space where you get to come. I like sharing pictures of your kids. I like sharing pictures of our struggles. I talk about my own. Other moms come on and write in my space. Obviously, this podcast will be in that space too. But it is a place for people to feel completely safe. I want to know you. I want you to know me. And I want you to be Mm. completely yourself there. So yeah. Yes. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today. This is great. Oh, I loved it. You're so fun. We're like determined to meet in real life. (laughs) It's happening. It's happening. Maybe your kid will go to college in the Northeast. And then you'll come visit him. And then I will come and like help you maybe not wipe tears away. Maybe you'll be doing a little happy dance. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) But we'll be getting coffee and hanging out for sure. Thank Thank you so much, Esther. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you again for listening in to another show. Please check the show notes for any links mentioned in this episode. If you liked what you heard today, will you do me a favor and share it? Screenshot the show, plaster it all over your socials so that other parents know that we are creating value over here for them. If you really want to earn a gold star, head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. This does so much for the show, for the exposure. It's a great way to give back. Thank you to my team at Sproutable for all your support. Alana, Julieta, I love you so much. Thank you to Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for keeping the show sounding so good. And you, listener, thank you for continuing to show up. This is hard work that we're doing. I encourage you in this moment, in this moment together, let's take a deep breath in and follow that into your body. Hold it for a moment, exhale. And with that exhale, release the tension. And I invite you to trust 
trust that everything is going to be okay. I'm so happy to support you. So glad to have spent time with you today. I'll see you next week. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.